Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fast Charge, the weekly podcast from the team at Tech Advisor. We are here on episode 101. A boring and unexciting episode, because now there's at least 99 episodes to go before I can be excited about fun <laughs> milestones again. So there's now just this like dreary slog for the best part of two years as we as we move towards episode 200. Uh, and I've lost all dog. enthusiasm. Yeah, for thanks this. for that. Yeah, no, I'm you know I'm, I'm out of this. I'm bored. I'm mentally checked out already. Uh, <laughs> luckily, the rest of you aren't. So I'm joined this week by Lewis and Toddy, uh, our two regulars, and Aniron has popped up this week as well because he's going to help run through everything to do with the Galaxy Tab S8. Um, so yeah, not to give away half of what we're talking about today, but we are going to be talking the Galaxy S22 series and the Galaxy Tab S8 series. We're just doing a little Samsung special because. Well, when Samsung holds a Galaxy Unpacked event to launch its flagship phones, no one else tends to announce anything else that week because they kind of oh, yeah, see it? which way the wind is blowing. Uh, you see the same thing in an Apple launch week. So, yeah, this was Samsung's week, and we will duly give them the attention they deserve, or at least that they want. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to be focusing on all things Samsung once we get into the meat of this episode. Before that, though, there are a few other bits of news to round through, as always. Um, I'm going to start with what's going on next week, and this, if nothing else, should be the surest sign that people, tech companies, have consciously left this week clear because it's the Samsung week. Because next week, we now know that in China, there's going to be the launch of the Xiaomi Redmi K50 Gaming Edition. Maybe the other K50s, but we're not sure. They're just promising the Gaming Edition. That's on the 16th of February uh, in China. That is also... I think the K50s are the phones that are probably going to become the Poco F4s, if I've got my numbering right. That sounds right. So this is maybe interesting just because if you are interested in the Poco F4 line, the K50 Gaming Edition is probably going to be a Poco F4 Pro or something like that when it comes to the West. So that's on the 16th. That's Wednesday, I think. Same day, we have the Realme 9 series, or the Realme 9 Pro series at least, launching in Europe and India, also on the 16th. Thursday the 17th, we're now confirmed to have the Nubia Red Magic 7. So that's more gaming phones. Um, they're going to be pretty high-end. Snapdragon 8 Gen 1, 165 watt charging in at least one of them. That's confirmed. Um, and the wow. same day, the Thursday the 17th, we're also going to have the launch of... Uh, and I hate that this is the I don't know fourth news section in the row where I've talked about OnePlus products. But we're going to have the launch of the OnePlus Nord CE2. Uh, that is now confirmed to be February 17th, next Thursday. And we also have a couple officially confirmed specs, which are 65-watt charging, um, which, you know, isn't crazy, but for what is presumably a fairly cheap phone, pretty good. Uh, and also, they revealed it has a headphone jack, which is always nice to see. And again, not so crazy for a cheaper phone. But yeah, in a two-day span next week, we have at least one K50, two Realme 9 models, one OnePlus, and at least two Red Magic 7 phones. And a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> exactly. And that's just the stuff we know is coming over a two-day spread next week. I bet you someone else has another phone ready to go that they just haven't told us about yet. So, there must yeah. be a Motorola around the corner somewhere. There's got right. to be. Like, oh, well, there's there is. On the 20-something, there's the launch of the Edge, the X30 oh, or whatever. The that's X30. Confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> that's later <laughs> this month. Uh, obviously, this, that's before we even get to the MWC stuff. That's right at the end of the month. So what we're seeing is this strange thing where... A lot of brands have clearly decided they're not launching at MWC because that starts right at the end of the month. That's sort of February 28th period. Uh, they're not, they don't want to do that. But equally, the new Samsung had parked down on February 9th. And so they've stayed clear of that. So we've got this crunch now 
between Samsung and MWC where a lot of brands seem to have a lot of phones ready to throw out into the world. Um, it does look a little bit like everyone thought we won't announce at MWC. Everyone announces at MWC and physical events are so passe anyway. We'll get more press coverage if we announce on our own the week before MWC. The problem is every brand has said the exact same thought. <laughs> yes. So instead, we've got a crunch in the one or two week period leading up to the trade show. And I'm very worried we're going to get to MWC and there's going to be like one phone left to launch yeah. because we're running out of phones at this point. Uh, anyway, so next week's going to be busy. What else? Other bits from this week. Um, Google pushed out uh, another update to the Pixel 6, which is at least the second update that has just broken Pixel 6s. Uh, they are... I don't know what is going on over there. It's embarrassing. So this one breaks Wi-Fi for a lot of Pixel 6 and 6 Pros. It just means Wi-Fi doesn't work anymore. Some people have even said that it simultaneously breaks Wi-Fi and Bluetooth on their devices, oh, which is... Not all the companies great. to mess up software oh, updates. Literally, I know. And, <laughs> How? And on the pixels, you know, of all the, this is the meant pixels. to be part of the key strength of the pixel is you get these exclusive updates, you get early updates, you get you know custom tweak software. If they maybe, can't nail that, what yeah. sell of a pixel? Maybe designing your own custom mm. silicon is hard to develop for. Yes, <laughs> and that may this. be part of the problem, right? <laughs> Imagine that. First phones where they're not just relying on all the stuff. Because Qualcomm does back-end work on, on firmware and stuff like that. that yeah. You know, we don't talk about it. It's not the sexy side of the chip chip stuff, but it's What there. is the sexy side of the chip stuff? Oh, <laughs> gigahertz, Tolly. It's always gigahertz. <laughs> gigahertz. Damn. <laughs> Terrible. Speaks, man. Jesus. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, Google just broke a load of Pixel 6s for, for the hell of it. Apple has decided that instead of selling phones, it's going to sell, like, payment terminals. Just you know, for funsies. So iPhones are now going to be able to serve as payment terminals uh, from later this year, US only, but, you know, that just means it will roll out everywhere else eventually. But, um, yeah, basically Apple is just looking at another pre-existing industry it can kill in one fell swoop and say, why buy a dedicated, like, contactless payment terminal when you can just buy a cheap iPhone and that will do the same thing. I mean, I feel like Apple is single-handedly bringing up how transactions are made in the US because they were, like, even now, I yeah. think card and yeah. mag strip is like still very much a thing over there. Contact was basically only exists because of Apple Pay mm. yeah, in the States. pretty much, mm. which is crazy. Uh, yeah. yeah, still very strange. So yeah, this is the next step of that. It, 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 it sort of makes some sense. And, you know, it, we've obviously seen loads of, um, you know, business use of tablets and stuff to serve these like um, payment terminals and stuff like that. So it's a kind of natural next step to just be like, yeah, you can do NFC contact between two phones and, and that will do a payment and it won't be iPhone only and stuff like that. But it is an, in an interesting little move from them. Um, Honor have unveiled the Honor 60 SE. We've already had some Honor 60s, but this is a new one in the lineup. It's a Chinese only launch for now. I'm not sure if it'll come out anywhere else. It's a mid-range phone. It's not crazy exciting. Um, Dimensity 900 chipset. 66 watt charging, 64 megapixel camera. But it's that camera that kind of caught my attention because, um, I mean, just if you're listening to this or if you're watching, just open a tab and Google Honor 60 SE and, you know, have a little think about what existing phone that camera module reminds you of. <laughs> um, it's a certain Californian company. They're quite popular. They're launching new payment terminals from what I've heard. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the Honor 60 SE looks a lot, a lot, a oh. lot, a lot 
like the pro iPhones. Uh, that triple camera in in the sort of triangle arrow mm. formation is specific, singular, <laughs> immediately yeah. recognizable, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, things like that. Wow. So, you know, I like Honor. I really do. But man, this is blatant. This is really cheeky. blatant. And yeah, last last thing to to round through is Oppo. This week, um, or maybe actually it might be the end of last week, but within the last seven days, Oppo gave the Reno 7 series its first global launch. We had it in China already. Uh, Reno 7 has now launched in India, though, which may well be the start of it spilling out more widely globally. This is, we've talked about this on the show before, it's always complicated with the Renos, though, because the Find X series tend to just grab a couple Reno models and rebrand them. Um, so, for example, we're expecting the Oppo Find X5 series soonish. Um, we kind of think probably the Find X5 Neo or Lite models um, may well just be rebranded Reno 7s. So the Reno 7s may not launch further. It gets confusing though because those Oppos will, the Find Xs will launch in India where the Renos have also launched. So you don't know exactly what they're going to do. And as always, there's complications like what they've launched in India is the Reno 7 and the Reno 7 Pro. The Reno 7 Pro is the same as the Chinese Reno 7 Pro, but the Indian Reno 7 is not the same as the Chinese Reno 7. It has a different <laughs> chipset, it has different charging <laughs> speeds, and it's actually not even quite the same size. Uh, I can't remember which way around, but one of them is a little thinner and lighter. I think the, the Indian one is thinner? That was my thought as well, but I didn't want to... But it's either what, way, six watt charging difference or something like it's that. It's one is like 60, 60 and one is 65 or something. Yeah, yeah, I think I China think is 60 and India is 65. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's all very odd little tweaks. So they're very, very similar phones, the two Reno 7s, but they are not technically the same. And the thickness is a funny one because it means it's a different chassis, like from a manufacturing perspective. Is that telling different... like their market research is so precise that they can tell what tweaks they need to make, make the 7 more successful in India is like a few. 0.1 mil difference to yeah, the chassis I don't know. and six watts extra charging speed and then it's like a better phone for that market like it seems so unnecessary i'd love to, i'd love to yeah. pick the brains of someone who makes these kinds of decisions especially because yeah. it's almost always india that gets these versions that are the same name as another market but not different um there's so india always feels like the odd one out the one that really has just a unique version of a phone with a unique name um for for some strange reason that i yeah uh, i i don't know if it's incredibly specific market research telling them exactly what works in the Indian market versus Europe versus China, or if it's blunt stuff about manufacturing facilities in different countries or availability of components for different countries or different timelines and, and that kind of thing. And, and that shifts, but yeah, it, it gets a little bit complicated, but yeah, Reno seven is beginning to roll out. They may launch more widely than this. It may be that we just sometime soon see find X fives that are really Reno's. And who knows what India and trying to get now that they have Renos. So I don't know. Um, cool. Let's turn to Samsung. So Samsung announced six products this week. Uh, we had a Galaxy Unpacked event where they launched the new Galaxy S22 series and the Tab S8 series. We're going to talk about all of them. We're going to start with the phones and then we're going to move to the tablets. So each of these series is kind of funny because there is a common thread in how they're, they're structured, which is... A regular model and a plus model that are i think the best word is maybe conservative they are safe upgrades that take the previous gen model tweak them upgrade the chipset 
camera's a little bit better, maybe the charging's a bit faster, things like that. But they're basically kind of, you know, you know that thing you liked? We improved it a little bit. Here's some more of it. As much as, as Google wishes the Pixel line was the default Android phone, the Galaxy S base yes, and like the base one S are series the default is, yeah. Android phone. If anything, weirdly, I'd say uses. the Plus model is, because if any, that's the closest one that's almost like a template everyone else uses, because they all go for yeah. that Plus size, right? Whereas, sure. weirdly, the base mm. S21 is one of the few smallish Android phones Compact. out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, No one else makes them that size. Um, anyway, so relatively conservative base models for both the S and the Tab S series. But both of them have weird Ultra models, um, which are mm -hmm. either doing... They're, they're different to the other models, you know, like different designs, kind of striking physical changes. They're both doing something weird. One of them is doing something very new. One of them is, if anything, doing the opposite, and it's a very backwards-looking product. Not necessarily in a bad way, but it, it's consciously looking at what Samsung have done before. Um, so the Ultras are these odd ones. So I'm going to start with the boring ones, and we'll move <laughs> on. But yeah, let's start with the, the uh, S22 and the S22 Plus, which, like I said, don't change an enormous amount from the S21s. And if you looked at them at a glance, you'd probably think they were in the same lineup. The design has functionally not changed. There's little tweaks. I think the front bezel is, you know, 0.1 millimeter thinner. The dimensions have changed a little bit. But broadly to look at, these are basically the same. And you know what? I like that because I think that aesthetic they have for those phones that we also saw in the S21 FE recently, I think it's really solid. I really like that camera module they've got. That that I think it's, it's the contour cut, I think they call it, or something yeah. like that. I love that design. Very happy to even stick with it. Basically, what they've changed, correct me if I'm wrong, Toddy, I'll see if you disagree. I think fundamentally the important changes are, are three things. One is the one you're going to get every year, which is the chipset's been upgraded. You know, it's it's the new gen Exynos and Snapdragon. Two is the cameras have changed. And in fairness to them, these are fairly substantial camera changes they've made on the base models. Uh, and the third one is just they've gone back to glass. And that plastic build hey. that they've had for two years, they've finally gotten rid of. They finally acknowledged that these are the flagships. People kind of expect them to be glass. Maybe everyone makes too much of a fuss about that. I think we've all made that point before, that plastic's fine and, and people stress about it too much. But people do stress about it. People want glass. People want the premium feel when they're spending that much. So I look at it and I can't think of anything else outside of those three things that's really different to last year's phone, at least not big changes. No, nothing nothing notable. Um, yeah. the, the plus like last year, gets a few extra bonus bits of hardware over yep. the standard model, but like that's it. So yeah, the plus changes, just because it is pretty quick to run through what's different between them. Um, the plus is obviously a bit larger. The S22 is, has a 6.1 inch display. The plus has a 6.6 .6 inch display. Technically, those are both ever so slightly smaller than last year's, um, but I think it kind of balances out. But they're about the same size. You'd, you'd struggle to tell. So the plus is bigger, obviously. Bigger phone means bigger battery. It's got 4,500 milliamp hour, which I think is the same as it had last year, but it's 3,700 for the S22, which is actually smaller than last year's. So there's a bigger battery gap between the two phones this year. It's a pretty sizable gap there. Uh, charging speeds are different too. 25 watts on the S22, 45 on the Plus, which again, I think is an upgrade for the Plus compared to last year, but the base model is essentially unchanged. Um, and then the other like nitty gritty connectivity stuff is the S22 Plus 
Uh, this is really an odd specif specific change. The S22 Plus supports Wi-Fi 6E, as does the Ultra, but the S22 only has Wi-Fi 6. So, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> if you even have a Wi-Fi 6E like <laughs> router or modem yeah. that can handle this, this might matter. I've already invested in a 6E yeah. router. <laughs> this does not matter to 99.99% .99 of people, but you know, if, if you're really a nerd for, for Wi-Fi standards, the plus is a little bit better. I think it's not even available in all markets. Yeah? No. It's still being certified in some markets. It's like not. That's how new this is. This does yeah. not matter to almost anyone, but it's there. Mm. Um, and the other thing is that the plus model supports ultra-wideband, which is that uh, nice. SmartTag Plus, Apple AirTag tech, um, which is still not in the base S22. Um, are any of those, do you think, enough to justify what's basically a $200 price jump from the from the regular to the Plus? Because to me, I look at it, and I know they've done it before, but I still every time look at the Plus and think the price gap is just too big between those two models to justify it. I mean, I'm one of those journalists, I feel like journalists in particular have soft spot for small, powerful phones. So I'm almost always going to side with the smaller yep. model there, even though you get the extras. So yeah, I don't ever find the Plus is worth it for the hike whatever the hike is pretty much i don't love the size versus price comparison when the smaller phone still has so much um so yeah for me that's where my allegiance is lie with the the base s22 i think in this particular pairing mm. i would say that i mean i think i'd pay more for battery life yes that's one thing i'd be like mm, yeah i mm. want the extra battery it, yeah. and i mean the, the charging's nice because of that but to me it's the, it's the it's the battery but it is also the charging to be fair because I mean, Lewis, I know you're coming from an iPhone, so I don't know. You're used to sort of rubbing two sticks together and hoping the battery gets better. But um, Next the wheel. Tw 25 watts is slow, and 45 is not, you know, the fastest around, but 45 is decent, and that's a pretty big jump, actually, 25 to 45. Um, so I'm too used now to not plugging my phone in every night to instead just plugging it in when I notice it's a bit low, leaving it for half an hour and coming back. And uh, I think the 25 the watts concept. will bother me a little bit. Because, for example... Z Flip 3, got to get the mention in. I love that phone, but <laughs> it's 15 watt charging or something. Are. It's torturous. You know, I can't, I, ha I have different battery behavior when I use that phone because yeah. mm. I have to charge it overnight or I have to sit it on a wireless charger and kind of leave it there for hours next to me on a wireless charger because otherwise, I just, I can't plug it in for 20 minutes. That only gets me 10% back or something. You know, it's hopeless. The, the, uh, the Pixel 6 Pro has a huge battery. So that in and of itself is great. Um, uh, but, and Google got a lot of flack for having relatively slow charging. Yeah. I forget what it is. It's like 23 yeah, or 26 It's below something. 30, but they give yeah. you a 30 watt, yeah. But yeah. the battery life, uh, they basically said, you know, we went for it. You either get fast charging and then a shorter like battery health, like battery health degrades yeah. quicker over time, or you get just better longevity over time. So it yeah. just keeps that charge longer over after like a year's worth of use. And with the Pixel, that's the first one. I'm like, okay, I'm happy to go on that side. Otherwise, like having just reviewed the Huawei P50 Pro with 66 wire charging. Mm. Love wire charging. I think yeah. Samsung's... Yeah, I think Samsung's pretty good with their wire charging, even though it sounds bad. Uh, I remember testing, I think it was last year's S21 series. Their 25 watt using their official charger seemed to be more efficient than using a PD charger, which is like similar wattage or something. So yeah, I mean, it's yes, worth saying, yeah, it is behind the curve, but it's good 25 watt charging. Yeah, yeah not all mm -hmm. not all wattages are created equal when it comes yeah, to, yeah. to phone no. charging. And there are different levels of efficiency and stuff like that. So yeah. not every 25 watt phone charges at the same speed. Mm. I'll say for me, I generally feel like kind of the sweet spot is around like 60 watt-ish, stuff that's around 60, 65 watt. 
I don't okay. feel like I need faster charging than that. You know, I love that 90 watt, 100 watt, we mentioned the Red Magic 7, I think it's the Red Magic 7 Pro has been teased to have 165 watt. That's mad. That's amazing. Technologically, I'm excited yeah. by it. Mm. I don't need that in my life. I don't need it to charge to 110 mm. minutes, but kind of a hundred and half an hour. Yeah, cool. That's, that's a the helpful. The power adapter better level. come with a heat sink. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. To mm. make sure that's safe. That sounds nice. <laughs> I'm going to plug it in and take a few steps back. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is, this is Samsung reintroducing 45 watt charging, not yes. obviously to the plus, but they've had it in the S series before. And then it went away. The, yeah, I think the 20 Ultra scared. had 45, and then the 21 yeah. Ultra dropped back down. That feels right, mm -hmm. yeah. And now they're back up to 45 in, in the Plus and the Ultra. Um, yeah. It's worth. It's interesting you mentioned longevity, Toddy, because that is one of the other interesting changes they have introduced this year, which runs across the S22 line and actually backwards looking to some of their other products. But Samsung has actually used this as an excuse to upgrade its software promise, and, and we moan about software update promises all the time. But with the new S22 series, they've now said, and the wording here is careful. This got really widely reported. It's not quite what they said. What Samsung has promised, and it's a weird promise because of the phrasing, is that the S22 series will get up to four years of Android version updates. <laughs> but up to is doing a lot of work sure. there because one Android version <laughs> update is up to four. Um, so they haven't promised four. They've promised maybe four and definitely no yeah. more than four. Um, we'll see I how we feel. I think mm. that means they will give them four. But if, if you've seen the reports being like Samsung's doing promise four years, like technically no. No. They've, They've got wiggle room. Like, this is hard. Four don't, years. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, forget so we said anything. Yeah. Maybe four Android version updates uh, and a fifth, and then they did say and a fifth year of of security updates. But which is amazing. If they deliver that, if that's more deliver. than Google promises, and yeah. that means Samsung is is the best of the Android side of the equation in terms of software promise and i don't i mean apple doesn't really make promises i don't think i don't think it has a set number of years no. it guarantees but that, that is getting to around the sort of time apple tends to do yeah at the moment years. it's um it's six years because it's the success which was 2015 right, yeah. which is crazy it's always a nice yeah. surprise though like yeah. When I've seen that, I was like, damn, Apple, you guys nailed yeah. that. Okay, that's even better. I, I always forget <laughs> yeah. how good Apple is. I was yeah. like, it's like five years. It's really good. No, it's six. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, Compare that with the battery thing. Like, then I would, I if if they are expecting me to keep a phone for four years, say, and it still be relevant yes. software-wise, then I'd probably go for the slower charging battery if it means the batteries. Life last delivers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially so in the, in the smaller one in the S twenty two, where it's only a thirty seven hundred yeah. milliamp hour battery. That's not yeah. enormous. We don't know what kind of battery life you'll get from that. But throw in degradation, and that there's a risk that would not be a full day phone before too long. So maybe the slower charging of that is a good trade off. Um, but yeah, so the Samsung update promise. I think that's a good step forward. I it's interesting Samsung. I'm really curious internally what the thinking from them was because they were already, other than Google, the Android market leader on this. They weren't under pressure from Xiaomi, from Oppo, um, from, from, from companies like that to improve it. It was only Google that was, that was around the same level they were. So I'm really intrigued by why they decided to say, you know what, we can, we're, we're already winning this, but we can win by even more than we were before. But I'm glad they've made that choice. I hope it pushes more companies to follow up. Um, and they have extended it. It's not just the S22. It's the Tab S8 as well, which obviously we're going to talk about later. But they've also extended it backwards a little to all of the S21s, including the FE. 
and the Z Fold and Z Flip 3. So basically last year's flagship phones. Nice. But Solid. yeah, Solid. that's that's really great. It also slightly nullifies when we were having the discussion with the S21 FE about how it gets an extra year of software support compared to the other S21s. And yeah. that is still true, but now it's, you know, four years versus three years because the S21's already had its first year of that rather than three years versus two years, which the difference is less important now. You're less likely to actually keep your phone that long. Yeah. It's a smaller group of people <laughs> that will that will run past the final update of an S21 if they went and bought one today. So it is perversely another nail in the coffin for the S21 FE, a phone that looks less and less <laughs> sensible to buy by the minute. Um, it's only... In the UK, it's seventy pounds cheaper than a base S twenty two. I think in the states, it's a hundred dollar gap um, for a phone that's got an older chip and a worse camera, and uh, is made of plastic. And <laughs> I don't know, it, just missing another few key features. And eight eighty eight plus or an eight eighty eight eight eighty eight standard eight eighty eight standard. Right. Well, yeah. then yeah. Mm. So yeah, that's not good. I assume the smaller battery in the S21, Samsung's betting big on the improved power efficiency of the new four nanometer chips that they're using. Yes, they must be. Um, and that's worth saying. So it, it's strange, Samsung having always having to skirt around the chips it uses. And so in, in its sort of announcement video, it just talked about using our latest four nanometer chipset, which is a fascinating piece of phrasing because they use two different chips. They're both four nanometer, <laughs> but only one of them is theirs. <laughs> so... <laughs> It every comes year. with every, I and mean, this is always the case. This isn't new. I just wish they'd just say, we're using the HN1 and the Exynos 2200 and just be open about it, but whatever. The, it, you know, especially when they're going to do a five minute deep dive on thermals, but they don't think their audience can handle a discussion of chipset names. But, like, do we feel like this is a particularly weird Samsung launch? It felt very in the weeds with the specs and stuff, like more than usual. I, I would felt. totally, I find it really weird of all the things to deep dive on thermals. Like, why thermals? Especially in the year you've made a, bit, a big flashy return to using a glass body. Give me five minutes on the glass, man. Tell me yeah. about how you picked that finish and how durable it is. And you've got this special Gorilla Glass Victus Plus that's a Samsung exclusive. You know, show me like, remember. show me engineers looking at different shape, you know, pieces of glass in the light and try to, you know, pick between <laughs> them or something. Minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember which year it was or which device it was, but there was one of those kind of like dives on design for one of their flagships one year and they cut to this room in Samsung HQ in Korea. Where oh, I remember this, guy, yeah. And he has a wall of swatches, different plastics and colors yes. and different finishes and he's like mm. tapping them and like holding them to the light. Um, I wanted that. I, I think I remember the year, one, but... I can't remember if it was a Samsung though, I think it was, but it was basically that sort of thing but it was specifically about how they picked the exact shade of black they used for the phone. Oh, wow. They went to deep wow. dive on the black yeah. color they, they'd opted for yeah. that year. And it was like three minutes on why this black was the best black. This is tangential, but I still love the Xiaomi logo redesign breakdown. Oh, video. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 10 <laughs> minutes, 10, 15 minutes on that logo. And then they revealed Incredible it. And it's like, work. yeah, we rounded the corners and the orange is one shade darker or something. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, Great job, guys. Yeah. I've lost track of yeah, what we Anyway, uh, chips. Snapdragon HM1 or Exynos 2200. Basically, if you're in Europe or the UK, you get the Exynos. If you're not in Europe or the UK, you get the Snapdragon. Uh, that seems to be the split. It's pretty simple this time around. So, for example, Korea used to get Exynos, but Korea is getting Snapdragon this time around. So it really is just the UK and Europe getting Exynos. Funny is, this is the first year where 
for a while you always felt like you were like the redheaded stepchild getting an Exynos, you know, Samsung's, you know, unloved offspring. Last year it felt like, eh, doesn't matter too much. They're both pretty good. We're cool. This year, there's almost a little bit of a, I think we might have gotten the better chip. Benchmarks we've seen so far, the Exynos is at least with the HN1, if not better. And it's yeah. got that AMD graphics tech. That I was going to say, graphically, I think it mm. benchmarks oh, yeah, on, on paper, <laughs> it's better than the Snapdragon on graphics performance. In practice, and we'll have to see. We don't know, but on paper, yeah. Ray tracing, because yeah. you need that in your phone right now. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be big. The, you know, the thing is, who knows what games are going to support that? And again, Samsung are tra trapped here. They can't talk about it. They, didn't, they couldn't hype up ray tracing because they didn't say 80% of the phones are going to sell around the world won't support it. Uh, <laughs> So strange, strange little state, but but yeah. So yeah, S twenty two series. I think these are really solid jumps. Oh, we haven't, we haven't talked about camera. We should talk about camera because actually, to be fair, I think camera they've made good progress here, and there are bigger yeah. changes to the S twenty two cameras than there are to the ultra cameras. Perversely, yeah, for sure. Which is partly because maybe they had more catch up work to do based on where the S twenty one cameras were, but still big jumps. So the basically. It's still got a triple rear camera, uh, main camera ultra-wide, and a telephoto. But it's the main and the telephoto that have changed. Though ultra-wide is, if it's not the same one, it's very similar. They are not talking about how much they've improved that. I, I think it might be <laughs> the same camera, but I'm not 100%. Very, very similar, if not. Um, yeah. The other two have changed a lot, though. So the main camera has jumped from, I think it was 12 megapixel before. Yeah. It's now a 50 megapixel, so it's a totally different sensor. Um, yeah. Samsung were hyping up that it's bigger pixels. I think what they mean is after pixel binning, sure. it has bigger pixels. Because there's no way, way it has 50 megapixels <laughs> versus 12, and each pixel is bigger than before. Yeah. Unless the sensor is five times the size or something. So Actually, according to this, yeah, the 50 meg sensor has one micron pixels, whereas the old 12 meg has 1.8 micron pixels. Yes. There you go. But so, once they do tetra, tetra binning, you then yeah. get uh get more per bin pixel. micron pixels like anyway um <laughs> yeah this this seems really solid it's got ois it's got um dual pixel autofocus that kind of stuff that you'd expect um we toddy and i got to go and have a play around with the phones at samsung space in london and yeah this main camera seemed seemed really impressive i mean it's always been good it was good last year but this definitely feels like you know, enough of a step up, step up to care about at a glance. You need to play around with it more and, you know, do full testing, but promising, I would say. Would you agree, Toddy? Yeah, I've always, um, and also I'm just happy that they've actually put, a, I would say, a proper telephoto as well. Yes, so, uh, yeah, I was going to get to that after, but yeah, the but telephoto yeah. is no, now a real three time zoom telephoto yeah. rather than a 1.1 times high megapixel one. Um, yeah, because the, the, the 12 meg lead sensor they've had that for at least two generations now yeah. maybe three so i am intrigued to see usually when a company changes sensor in a big way like it's always inter interesting to see how well they handle that transition it needs like a bit of breaking is a in good example yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly few is the, the go-to brand for, for showing that that challenge that can yeah. be faced when they move to new hardware like that so once we get the phones in for review it'd be interesting to see just how they compare yeah um, and how well they've transitioned in terms of their image processing their color all that kind of stuff but yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like the look of it. I think the telephoto was significantly better from my brief play around as well. Again, last year's one was decent, and for a fake telephoto, it always gave better results than I expected it to. 
But this one, again, genuinely felt like, oh, this is a really good telephoto lens at that kind of yeah. three times level and, and above. I've always got a lot of love for, th it seems to be three times is the physical limit that most phones can do without adding periscope optics. Yeah, I Which think adds a lot of pretty much, weight yeah. and bulk and cost. So, yeah, I, I think that's a good move rather than, yeah, just repeating what they did last year. I'm glad that they forked out for something a little bit more optically powerful rather than relying more on the mm. hardware and... Um, processing if nothing else it just always felt a little bit misleading the way it was yeah. set up before i think we wrote an op-ed about it yeah we kind of complained about <laughs> it being kind of this fake telephoto camera i was never totally happy with it and they did it two years in a row i think it was both the 20s and the 21s had the same setup yeah. so they would do a refresh on this camera camera setup and yeah i you know i only got to play with the phone for an hour or so and a lot of that was testing other stuff rather than just going through the camera and and everything but um I think this is going to feel like a step up in the camera department for an S21. Yeah. I wouldn't say that and the glass are enough to like throw your S21 in the bin and buy a new phone. But if you were an S20 owner, for example, it's, you know, maybe enough to justify that, that two generation leap or something. Yeah. Uh, can we briefly touch on the colors and the design as well? Like, do you guys, from the images you've seen, like, do you guys vibe the design? I mean, the S21 FE kind of set the tone for what the S22 range is offering. Well, the two and the, plus let's say mm. um but yeah what do you guys think about the the design tweaks do you even notice a difference i guess just based on the i was about to say i mm. yeah i i, I noticed there's, there's a smaller camera um yeah. mm. on the rear but aside from that i'm just like it's like i don't notice because i mean yeah, i haven't followed it as closely as you two of course yeah. um so i'm just going off what i remember the um s21 range being like but yeah just off the top of my head i'm like it's the same phone maybe some new color options but yep. at a glance i'm yeah it's not as identifiable as, as maybe they'd like well, I think yeah, I'd be uh, sorry. And sorry, I'd, I'd be inclined to agree yeah. that I yeah. I mean, I don't. I think it's quite a classic design. It's recognisable without being too standout and showy. Um, but to me, it doesn't look particularly different. And I think that's probably probably a good thing. I don't think Samsung needs to totally. start changing the camera design every year and trying to differentiate it constantly. I think as an if it ain't broke, don't fix it thing. And and you know, mm -hmm. I, I think that look works for them. And they played around with the S design for a few years and. I've, I've got to be honest, I've not always loved the way the S phones have looked, but mm. I feel like this camera design is one of the first ones that they've settled on where I've been like, you know, I really like this and it feels very distinctive. And I'm curious to see where they go with it next year because, yeah, this is the second year in a row they use this rough design. Android brands tend to do sort of couple years on a set design and, and then they, they reinvent it all over again. And it's interesting because, of course, Apple doesn't do that. Apple you know, uses a design until they've worn it out um, and doesn't move on until they really feel that they need to. And I do wonder, and I don't mean that as a criticism, because I, I do wonder if there's a benefit to Samsung kind of saying, hey, this is what a Samsung S phone looks like, you know, it should look like this and, and we can keep it looking like that so that people see it and know what it is. And there's, there's an appeal to that that I, I feel like the Android side is always, is never fully appreciated. Mm that brand identity side to, to the hardware itself. So I would be, say, very happy if the next two generations of S, S phones looked roughly like that. But Yeah. Mm -hmm. I kind of get what you mean, because, I mean, not, not to detract from the Samsung side of things, but, like, I'm I'm happy with the iPhone design as it is now. <clears throat> like, I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I could take that for the next couple of years. I'm all for a design um, change every now and then, but you don't need to do it every year. No. And if you've got one that yeah. works so that people mm. can recognize and see one and go, ah, oh, it's a Samsung phone. Like, good, cool. Yeah, I think it was the probably the, the S21 FE that kind of kicked off this mild shift in the design because obviously the, all the fundamental elements are still there. 
But um, it is probably taking a leaf out of Apple's book by going a bit more slab-sided, like you saw with the yes. Vivo V23 series done as well. Yep. Um, which is better for their designs. It, it, I would imagine it makes things easier and cheaper to develop because you have to worry about rounding the edges so much you've got slightly more room to play with in a very small space that you're already working with well i've got to say actually having... i really like as well what samsung has done here which is a compromise position where i yeah. think they've acknowledged that industry trend which is people have looked at apple going back to the straight edges with the iphone 12 and, and a lot of people are kind of like yeah cool you know the wind's blowing that way i guess um let's do that <laughs> but what they've done here is the front and back are flat you know there's no curved display or anything but the sides are slightly rounded. They're not totally straight edged, which also means you don't get those corners. Like the iPhone has corners on the edge that yeah. I'll admit I'm not a fan of. I think they diminish the hand feel and the comfort, especially yeah. if you're holding it for a long time. This is just a little bit rounded on the sides, which makes it a lot more comfortable to hold to me. But you've still got that simplicity of the flat back. It doesn't look or feel like one of those totally rounded wraparound phones that were all the rage four years ago. In terms of the if it ain't broke, don't fix it design approach, I feel like the colors is an admission that last year's signature Phantom Violet, I think it was called, was the wrong lead color. Because you can technically get the S22 and Plus in that color again with the gold frame, yeah. gold camera, and a violet purple back. But it is an online-only exclusive color that no one mentioned <laughs> well, in the launch or anywhere. All, all I don't know about the, uh, my you know frustration with that one all along was the purple's great. Yeah, the contrasting gold is horrible. It's not. <laughs> oh yeah. Where was that man? Where was that yeah. man in that room at Samsung <laughs> HQ? He should have. He swapped out for a silver. Silver would be an improvement. Yeah, silver yeah. and purple. Because you know the S twenty one FE purple was one of the lead colors, and I, I reviewed the S the FE in purple and beautiful, and I think the shade of purple they have for really the twenty two is is still really nice. I don't want it with the gold camera. It's a horrible combination. Yeah, really weird. Um, yeah, the colors they have this year are nice. I think um, having seen all, all four of the base S twenty two finishes in person. For me, the winners are the, the the graphite or black, which is a little bit off black. And actually, I, I normally get bored by black phones, but I think they've done yeah, a good nice. job with it. And the green. Yeah, the contrast of the finish yeah, is what helps Because it's it. slightly the, off. It's not, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the dark green is lovely. Yeah. Really, really great. lovely. That's definitely Big the winner um, for sure. But I like all the all the colors. I've only seen the, the core colors, those online exclusives. Samsung didn't tell us about in advance and we haven't seen them in person. So I don't know. But, you know, from, from looking online... Sky yeah, blue looks like a nice. cream that cr has like a silver frame and silver camera, which is quite strange. It looks kind of like the and same cream also... as the flip. I think it's a similar yes, color yes, finish to yes. the flip. But with the silver frame, I don't know if that works as well. And it's the yeah. same. They have a light blue, a sky blue, I think they call it, yeah. which again is a silver frame. So they're not really color matching like they are with the, yeah. the main colors um, between the frame and the glass back. I've yeah. got to say, the range of online exclusive colors and the different contrasting camera module colors to me, is more evidence for my long-held pet theory that they are going to do S22 Bespoke Edition. And that in a month or two's time, they're going to announce, hey, if you're willing to spend an extra 50 bucks, you can pick what color the back is and pick what color the camera module is. Because that's what they did with the Z Flip. And you know what? The Z Flip was the only other one they've done where they announced a range of colors and then an extensive range of online-only colors with different contrasting camera modules. And lo and behold, a month later, they let you mix and match. So well, I now feel well. quite confident we're going to get that for mm. the for this. 
Cool. So I tune think... into episode 120 where we'll talk about the different extra new colors you yeah. can get. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well, you know, they've got this whole thing, this uh, yeah. colored, colored, you know, different colors of camera model and everything, and they're clearly building them in all sorts of different combos. So, you know, why not? They've I mean, clearly got the means to assemble. You can really get from anybody else. Exactly. It's another like Samsung it's... USP, mm, right? Um, I just wonder yeah. about the environment, the environmentals of that. Like, is it. But Toddy, they, they don't put a charger in the box. They've oh, yeah, solved sure, the environmental so. problem. Oh, they're fine. Yeah. 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 It's fine. <laughs> fixed it. They fixed, it. They fixed nature. That's cool. And, and right. I don't know, some <laughs> small bit of the phone is made from fishing net plastic or something. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. true. Is that yeah. just the Ultra? Yeah. I wasn't sure if that was the Ultra. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure which bit of the phone it was they were saying. But cool. Yeah. Let's talk about the Ultra because we've gone about the regular phones for a while now. The Ultra is a funny one because it is very different to the other phones and it is the um, it's the argument against my suggestion that Samsung is developing a distinctive S series design that it could stick with for a few years because <laughs> hey there's another <laughs> S phone right now with a completely different design that just ruins that uh, but it looks very different to the others it's got unique features in that it's got the stylus the S pen support including a slot in the phone for it to go into um, but in a funny way it's had fewer upgrades relative to last year's phone Compared yeah, to, you know, the camera is is upgraded, and we'll, we'll get to that, but it's not as upgraded as the other one has. It hasn't had the big shift from plastic to glass or anything like that. You know, a lot of the build material and a lot of the specs have stayed basically the same year on year. So all the changes are really the note stuff. And the funny thing about that is, of course, that's them just taking features and design from a phone that came out a year and a half ago. <laughs> so the biggest changes they have are a year and a half old, yeah, in a strange sort of way. Toddy, you spent a little more time with the Ultra than I did. I, yeah. I kind of played with it briefly, but my focus was on on the base models and your, yours on the Ultra. So, yeah. and yeah, you you were there. You you've used the Note Twenty Ultra. You've got more. You know, you, you've used a lot of the Ultras more than I have, to be honest. Yeah. Where does yeah, this one the... sit in the line for you? How how do you feel about it overall? Um, I mean, in terms of the yeah, the design sticks out like a sore thumb against the rest of the range because it is the Note's design, the Note Twenty Ultra's design uh, in terms of body. So it's flat top and bottom, kind of a pill shaped profile, very aggressively rounded back, very rounded front yeah. with a thin frame. Which um, the main difference I think coming from the the Note is that was a six point nine inch screen. This is a six point eight inch screen. I think that tiny adjustment does give it a really really nice hand feel that the note was just that it was just too big it was huge mm, to use yeah. because of the aspect ratio it was a lot wider than the s21 ultra which had also 6.8 inch screen but it's a taller thinner yeah. um, footprint mm. um so i think by making the screen a bit smaller but keeping the note aspect ratio i think they've they've got a really nice balance there by going for the same note design i think that was the right call the the if they do change the design for the regular S phones, say next year or the year after, I'm wondering whether the new camera implementation on the back of the, the S22 Ultra is where things are going. Yeah. Getting rid of the contour cut. Um, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, I hope not too. I don't mind it, but it's yeah. nowhere near as distinct. I quite liked the S21 Ultra's big camera island. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Fantastic, yeah. <laughs> but I kind of love that. I'm in the funny position. I actually, I like both of these camera designs. And I don't yeah. know which one I prefer. Probably slightly the contour cut, but I really do like them both. Same. But yeah. I just wish Samsung had picked one of them. You know, I, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's maybe a silly thing for me as an outsider to worry about, but I just really wish these phones were consistent. I wish they all had... I could handle the fact that the sides of the body are going to be a bit different and everything, but man, why can't they all have matching cameras so they look like... Yeah, just give it one characteristic so you know they're part of the same family. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. I mean, you know, sense. if you weren't following along the rumors, at one point it was going to be the Galaxy... Was it S22 S22 Note? Note. Yeah. 
Mm. Was and I think that I is that. the correct name for this phone, as far mm. as I'm concerned. I mean, you yeah. can only assume, yeah. you know, I, I know a lot of people are kind of question why didn't they go with that. And I'm not saying this is necessarily like, you know, proof they did the right thing, but they must have just focus tested the hell out of that choice and gone through loads of market research of like different groups of how do you react to these two names. Mm. And I, th- my best guess would be that maybe they found people got confused about, well, is it a note or is it an S? Fair. What is it? Mm. Whereas <laughs> Ultra just. It marks it as being an S, and it also immediately tells you this is the best one, the biggest one, the most expensive. This is the top spec, which is obviously what they want I to sell in, you on. In the consumer base who knows about Samsung's phones already, I feel like Galaxy Note has more power than Galaxy than Ultra. Yeah. But then to users who just want the best Samsung phone that don't really look into specs yeah. or the lineage... Ultra just sounds better, so maybe that yeah. was how they took it. And also, I wonder if it locks you off a bit, because if you call it Ultra, right, you can win over people who maybe don't care about the S Pen. They don't hate yeah. it. They're happy to have it there, but they're not fussed about it, which, for example, yeah. I I don't... It's cool that it's there. I would never really use my phone extensively with a stylus. But, you know, if I was like, well, I want the phone... I want the Samsung phone with the best camera, so I want to buy the Ultra. But if you tell people it's the Note, they're just maybe more likely to go... Oh, I don't want a stylus. That one's not for me. I'll move on. Yeah. What this yeah. this is a stylus yeah. phone, and I don't want a stylus, so I'll look elsewhere. But if you just say it's the ultra, it's the best one. Cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't mind the design. Um, again, there's a, it has a black, a white, um, a green, same green as the yep. S22s. The burgundy is their signature color this year, which is kind of like the Mystic Silver from the Note 20 Ultra, but a bit darker. I quite like it. I, I think don't it love good. it. I don't like you don't the love burgundy. It. Um, it, the it online colors are weird because they almost all, I think, have a black frame regardless of the color. And then you just get there's red, which is a kind of like a burnt orange. I think it's a blue. And then there's another color that I figure yeah, it is. I think the sky blue is there again. I can't remember what. Yeah. Yeah. But with a black frame, which is quite unusual. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So the design is fine because I didn't mind the Note 20 Ultra's design. And this is a smaller, more pocketable version of that. So I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, and the aspect ratio means it's better for certain things that i think the stylus facilitates yeah um beyond that specs are very similar to the rest of the range same chip options um the big shift i'd say is that it starts at eight gigs of ram whereas last year's ultra started at 12 yeah. and there was only a 12 all the way up it was just storage that you changed but at the same time you also get at the top end up to a terabyte now which they've never i don't think they've ever gone that high I think with a galaxy s phone yeah so so yeah um, for, to put that in perspective on the other two phones you can get Eight, you get eight gigs around yeah eight gigs of RAM fixed on the other two phones and a choice of 128 or 256 storage that's it ultra is eight and 128 or 12 gigs of RAM and 256 or 512 or a terabyte so as soon as you up the storage the RAM goes up so the people who really care about that will go up I guess they again probably market research whatever came to the conclusion that the people who want more RAM are also the people who want more storage and you know, yeah. cater them and also recognize that a lot of people at the lower end don't care and RAM is not going to be a selling point for them. Probably makes they a lot of sense. They just want the phone to have the phone. Yeah. It is a, a little yeah. bit of frustration and it, it's a funny one because we didn't really talk about pricing too much, but with the with the other S22s, mm-hmm. the, the base pricing basically has stayed the same on all these phones. And for the S22 and the Plus, that feels quite impressive. They've added a decent amount, not flashy updates, but decent spec upgrades year on year including that shift to glass, which could normally be a big price driver. And they've kept the prices the same. And you look at that and say, hey, fair play. That makes these make a lot of sense. 
then the Ultra is kind of the opposite. It's like, well, they haven't changed that much. They've actually lowered the RAM and they're charging yeah. the same price. Mm. And you begin to look and say, oh, well, the Ultra doesn't feel very nice. It's cheaper priced. if you compare it to the Note when that launched by a little yeah. bit, but not by much. Um, and I think so. even at some of the higher storage options, it actually is more expensive for less than some of last year's models. Really? So the pricing on the Ultra is a little bit funny. Um, yeah. I still think as much as anything, all of the pricing they pick is about just setting their range. It's about setting um, jumps between from the S22 to the S22 Plus to the Ultra to the Fold. And that's part of why the Plus mm. is $200 more than the regular. It's not because it costs Samsung $200 more to make it or because they think it's got $200 of upgrades. It's because there's a $400 gap between the regular one and the Ultra. And so they want the Plus to sit halfway between. You know, they just want it in the middle. Yeah. And to that point, like making the fold look good, like the fact it's like in the same ballpark exactly. as their other yeah. phones, like the higher you make the mm. regular candy bar phone, <laughs> exactly. the more impressive so the saving the, looks. Yeah, the Ultra needs the to get a bit close to the fold to, to make it all work. <laughs> so I see how they get there. But yeah, there, there are some yeah. little bits that are annoying. Um, yeah. You get high resolution display on the Ultra, which you might expect. It's, it's FHD plus on the others and QHD on this. Yeah. Uh, biggest battery, 5,000 milliamp hours. It's bigger than any of the others, but it's the same charging as the Plus. 45 watts, 45 watts. 25 yeah. watt wireless. You do get the Wi-Fi 6E and the Ultra Wideband on this one, in case you care. Um, <laughs> I guess that just leaves a camera to talk about. And mm. it's another funny one where, even more so than last one, the, 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 the S22 had some reasonable spec changes. This one, the Ultra, if you look on paper and compare the specs here to last year's S21 Ultra specs, it looks like the same camera setup. And and in fairness to Samsung, it isn't. But man, on paper, it's the same. Uh, it's a 108 I mean, megapixel main. Looks physically yeah, it's even physically. Same. If you look yeah. at, like, at the lenses and like the laser <laughs> yeah. bit, they look the same. They've just taken away the contour cut bit yeah. around it. So it's a 108 megapixel main camera, 12 megapixel ultra wide, and then dual 10 megapixel telephotos, one at three times, one at 10 times. That is the same setup they had before. Um, I think, again, the ultra wide is the same. Same as with the regulars. I do think they have not changed the ultra-wide, or at least they haven't changed it dramatically. Um, yes. The others have changed a bit. The main camera is a different sensor. Uh, it is a larger sensor than the one they used before. So it's the same megapixel count. I think they've even set it with the same aperture lens. So, you know, on paper, again, looks very much the same. It is a different sensor. It's a bigger sensor. It's a better sensor. Should be, you know, superior at low light and stuff like that. And I think they've also tweaked the telephotos hardware-wise, but they're a bit vaguer about what they've changed there. Yeah, I'm using uh, GSM Marina's spec sheet because they mm. usually dive a little deeper than Samsung's willing to tell. So apparently <laughs> the sensors in both the telephotos are physically larger sensors, so they're slightly smaller because uh, they cool. yeah. sensors overall. Um, and so the apertures, the apertures, oh, the apertures stay the same, Yeah. Um, but the focal length, lengths change a tiny bit by about 10 mil on each, and yeah, the sensors are physically larger. I think that's the main difference. Yeah, so... Basically, it seems like they've kept the lenses basically the same, but changed, yeah. upgraded a few of the sensors. Minor. Yeah. So, yeah, the main camera, I think, was always very good. It still seemed very good. I think the thing that, I don't want to speak for Toddy too much, but we were both really impressed. This is going to sound strange to say, but we were both really impressed by Space Zoom. And I think we normally make fun of all that high zoom stuff, but you know, <laughs> yes. we took we yes. took a 30 times zoom <laughs> shot of, or well, Toddy took a 30 times zoom shot of me, and... Uh, 
wow like the the, the quality Holy on how it captured my face really? was yeah. fantastic mm. for 30 times because we tested it on a leaf first on a plant over the way and it looked like it smoothed it to kingdom come and we were yeah. like oh that's terrible still what's the point but then maybe it's got algorithm specifics like specifics for faces or something but yeah when dom said like a ways away and we did a zoom shot it was impressive yeah like the the frame of your glasses and stuff it retained all of that which i wasn't expecting oh, really? to at that point yeah. very very short did. a lot yeah. of detail really crisp for 30 ton zoom yeah. so it'd be cool to play with that some more because it was yeah. yeah impressive so i do think they've made big improvements on the zoom performance which I think I'm excited. Oh, it's usable now. With. Yeah. Like actually has value beyond Finally. just like, it's only taken about three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But hey, it can do it. Uh -huh. So that's cool. Like, there we go. We got there on the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Does it still, does, sorry, does it still go all the way up to a hundred times? Yeah. It does. But just a terrible quality. Yeah. 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 That, I wouldn't use it. <laughs> still. Yeah. That's still like, very rare. That's just that. a tick. Yeah, yeah. A spec sheet feature banner thing to say yeah. it's got 100 it's ticking times. a box ticking a marketing box yeah. yeah yeah i haven't yet seen a phone with 100 times zoom that's actually worth using but mm. the I'm other big like either. software feature they were hyping up is one that I, I still don't fully understand and want to get more time playing with the phones to figure out how they think it where it's meant to kick in the tech mm. they're calling adaptive pixel which basically combines yeah. a high res a full resolution shot from what from the main camera so either the 50 megapixel or the 100 meg and 108 megapixel depending on the regular or the ultra phones um it combines that to get the detail from that with a pixel bin shot from the same lens which gives you better brightness and light information and stuff like that less noise and less noise that, yeah what's not clear on that is i think the resulting shot you get from that is a full resolution shot i.e what you get from that is a 108 megapixel shot out of oh. the ultra I assumed it was going to go the other way and be binned at the end. When yeah. I was playing around with the camera, I was struggling with it, but oh. it seemed to me that when you turned that on, well, that was a way of turning on, like, it's turning on the high-resolution mode. But I've had sort of slightly mm. conflicting information on this from people in Samsung I've spoken to, and I didn't have enough time with the phone to really get to the bottom of figuring out because I couldn't delve into the files to figure out what they were doing. So I'm a little unsure about this because if it's using it to improve regular photos, great. If it's just to make the super high-resolution shots better, then... That's cool, but no one really uses that, right? Yeah, the, the, there's um. Oh God. I was just going to say the other camera features I I liked was the the auto FPS thing is terrible if you want to edit video in any serious way, but yep. it improves low light video by reducing the frame rate automatically and dynamically, which is smart. And oh, they had face tracking that does like Apple center stage tech, where it kind of crops in and crops nice. out automatically, which is nice. Yep. That was the only other thing I was going to say hmm. on the cameras. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, because it's really interesting that you should talk about this now, because I remember probably about nine months ago, mm. <clears throat> there, was a, there was a prediction about the iPhone, the next gen iPhones, and there was talk saying they will be able to take 48 megapixel and 12 megapixel uh, pictures at the same time, but nobody could work out why. So I feel like this might be Yes, I think it's basically why. the same thing. Yeah. And yeah, so the mm. Samsung pitch is that, yeah, you're combining the detail you get from the full res with the, the light information and the color information you get from pixel binning. It's one of those features, okay. though, that unless I can turn it on and off, I can't. I don't know whether yeah. it's really actually any exactly. better. Exactly. So that's why that's why I'm like, <laughs> I'm hesitant because I'm not entirely sure what it's doing when it kicks in, and you need to turn it on and off, take photos on every you know of the same shot, all the different ways, and figure out which one yeah. is is coming out well. Zoom in. But uh, yeah, from what I understand of what it's doing, it seems to basically be a way of making full res shots better than they were before, which is cool, yeah. but. How many people yeah. use full res shots, especially say on the Ultra with 108 megapixels? No one actually needs 
these 108 megapixel And if you've got the one terabyte hard drive, um, storage to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> sure, I guess so. Um, we've we've spent all this time talking about the phones, and we really should turn to the tabs because there is enough interesting stuff yeah. to talk about the tablets as well. So, mm-hmm. three tablets. Um, I think we will probably rattle through the base ones quickly because, like with the S twenty twos, the base ones are they just haven't they're not that exciting. And I don't want to poo poo them too much because I think I actually <laughs> was like using the regular S eight at the launch event. I was like, I kind of want one of these. This is you know that that size, so really lovely tablet, but. They're not radically interesting mm-hmm. tablets. They've had spec bumps, a little bit of polish, slight redesign, but nothing crazy. Um, but the Tab SA Ultra is a bit weird. <laughs> uh, and if you haven't seen it yet, uh, go check out on our YouTube channel. We have a video uh, on the TechAdvisor channel by one of our colleagues in the US, a guy called Mark, um, who basically makes a pitch that I'll admit it hadn't really occurred to me as what they're going for, but he makes a pitch that the Tab SA Ultra is a laptop replacement. And that's where Samsung is positioning this tablet because it's got a 14.5 inch display and it's in a widescreen, it's in a 16 by 10 aspect ratio. It's really so wide, actually, like narrow you, and thin. Yeah, if you set it landscape, you're actually kind of like, oh, that's a laptop display. And if you, you use the, you know, they don't sell it with the, the keyboard cover, but if you buy a keyboard cover, then, you know, they make an official one, obviously. You've got a keyboard, and actually, the one, the official one they do has even like glass trackpad and stuff. So it's a nice mm. keyboard cover and trackpad setup. I had, you know, played around with it. It was pretty decent. It's not a laptop keyboard, but it's not so far off. Um, Samsung has its Dex mode, which creates a kind of you know Windows style environment. Um, and of course, the funny thing is, you've got really, really good webcams, better than any yeah, webcams really? in a laptop because the front-facing cameras no. are great on this. <laughs> Part of the problem, and there is a notch. And those cameras are in a notch. And Samsung has spent so long making fun of the iPhone notch. And <laughs> now they've got to put out their like thousand plus dollar tablet with, with a bloody notch on it. And I do not I understand. I think the why. iPads don't have the notch either. So they really shot themselves in the foot here. <laughs> it's also strange because obviously, you know, it's good to have good front facing cameras on a tablet. But do they need to be so good that they can't fit in your bezel? Like, surely you could have slightly worse front-facing cameras and everyone would still be like, yeah, they're good. They're better than a webcam. Mm, that's there. fine. Yeah. If yeah. like the MacBook is like one meg usually or something like that. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just a pixel. Yeah, I guess my, my only theory on that would be that since loads of other Android com- uh, phone manufacturers started releasing tablets that Samsung has decided, right, suddenly ours all looks the same as all the other Android tablets out there. How are we going to make it stand out? And also compared to the regular Tab S8 yeah. and S8 Plus. Oh, this one's got a notch and it's huge. Look how different it is. Because I'm guessing that's the only one that's going to be a realistic laptop replacement. I mean, in, yeah. in the Android tablet space, I feel like that. I mean, yes, they had the S7 FE last year, but like, mm-hmm. is it 2020, the S7 range launched? I think that sounds right. Yeah, it was yeah. towards the end of 2020. They were still probably the best Android tablets money could buy in terms of what I'd recommend people if you really wanted a good Android tablet, like even like right up until now pretty much yeah so mm-hmm. they were only really competing with themselves with the tab s8 series so maybe that's why the standard models are not the most exciting but then they needed the ultra to kind of hype up the range because it's like look at all this stuff that yep. the ultra can do because mm-hmm. the other two models are just incremental because they don't need to be anything more than that and of course the funny thing is it's the other models that have the competition you know there are other android <laughs> yeah. play, you know manufacturers coming into the tablet space but so far at least none of them are doing 1200 dollars tablets you know that's no, still yeah. the space that it's only Samsung and obviously <laughs> iPad Pros on the other side. So, 
Yeah, but if the ultra hype, like Toddy said, it hypes up the range, builds up enthusiasm for the idea of oh, Tab S8s are cool. Um, it makes those cheaper ones, and I said cheaper, they're not cheap, they're you know, 700 for the, for the base one. <laughs> but it makes them maybe feel a bit more exciting and appealing, even though they're not unexciting, but I consider the beginning conservative. They're conservative updates. They're not, mm, they're not yeah. rocking the boat. Mm. I, think, I feel um, like they're still, they're definitely still primarily like tablets for entertainment, for consuming content consumption over productivity. Yeah. Because there aren't many changes. And I reviewed the Tablet 7 Plus and it's, it's great if you want to watch YouTube or Netflix or listen to music or whatever. But when you actually try and get work done, it just kind of, particularly from the software side, it kind of lets itself down a bit. So that will be the real interesting thing with the Ultra if it can bridge that gap and make the software really compelling for productivity. I, I think for me, one of the more exciting announcements on the tablet side of things was the LumaFusion partnership. Mm. Because LumaFusion on the iPad is hands down the best video editing app that you can get on the iPad. Oh, so the yeah. fact that that's going to be coming to the tabs and it's in a Samsung exclusive is a real like, oh, hello, this is intriguing because that will be the first kind of desktop level kind of thing that you can get on the Android side as far as I can think. Um, yeah. None mm. of the others are really popping up in mind. I mean, Android tablets, the it's always been like, you know, Samsung's made great tablets for a while now in the Android space, but the software has always let it down. The third party yeah. support, especially. Yeah. So it's yeah. really on basically Samsung because no one else seems to be pulling their weight in that regard, working with app developers to be like, look, please optimize for the Android tablet please. experience. And part of that is please. Google's responsibility. And that's yeah. what Android L might support as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, I, I can't imagine it's easy to hype up your features on an Android tablet when the infrastructure around it that isn't within your control easily is so poor, well, and because, um, yeah. which Apple addressed really early on with the iPad range and it's just exactly. stood them in good stead ever since. And Samsung have been fighting a losing battle there because they are the only people doing it. So, you know, yeah. if you're trying to persuade software the developers incentive. to do pro-level Android tablet software, you know, for, when you're trying to persuade them to do that for phones, you're like, look, here's this whole rich marketplace of high-end phones make games that run well on these because look you can you can get rich doing this when you're saying it for like make high-end productivity creative software for android tablets it's like look do this because we samsung make them uh <laughs> and it's like oh there yeah. must be a great google pixel tablet no not really um, Ooh, all right well you know terrible. surely uh, xiaomi and oppo and huawei are all making like high-end one it's like well huawei kind of are but they're doing their own thing now anyway and now oppo, <laughs> oppo might be working on one but there's nothing out and xiaomi make a cheap one but it won't yeah. run productivity tasks and it doesn't come with a stylus in the west and you, you know it, it's sort of like <laughs> realme's right. got one that they're not going to update with software yeah like after a year oh, yeah. <laughs> so if you're if you're yeah. someone like adobe trying to be persuaded to pour yeah. you know millions into software r&d to optimize for android you just be like well why there's only five users it's just not worth yeah. it the marketplace isn't there um and they're always you know it's always going to be that challenge and, and i guess it's chicken and egg kind of thing right you know you you can't get the the hardware without software and you can't get the software without the hardware but samsung is kind of doggedly yeah. pushing it with the the hardware and perversely that someone is perversely they probably have to hope that they start getting more competition in the hardware space because without it they're never going to get the software support they want yeah hmm. i think the ultra feels i mean i know they, they're trying to tie the range together but if they want to push that specifically as like the productivity one and the one that's going to do all the heavy lifting and stuff. I don't think that 16 by 10 aspect ratio was the right call. It's a it's great funny one. It's, yeah, it's, it is. It's right? a really funny one, especially when you put it in the context of the laptop replacement discussion. 
because yeah. in laptops, the move towards productivity is towards squarer. I always think about the surface display, you know, like yeah. optimum mm. three by Not, two. Yeah, three, three by two, two yeah. is what everyone and loves. It's great. And we're moving it's away so from sixteen nine and sixteen ten to go to three by yeah. two. Yeah. So then you put out this sixteen ten tablet and say, "Oh, it's great for productivity." And you go, "Well, hang on, why? Why is, is widescreen better for productivity when everyone else in the market says the opposite?" And it's obviously it's, it's you look at it and you pick it up and you're like, you know, it's a huge tablet. It's absolutely enormous. But you pick it up and you're just like, <laughs> "I want to watch Netflix on this thing." Like I wanna, I don't want to spend twelve hundred for yeah. for the tablet yeah. I'm gonna watch in bed. But equally, you're like, I want to watch Netflix on this. This is the best tablet yeah. in the world, probably for watching Netflix on. But yeah. I completely understand where you're coming from from that because the uh, the iPad, the 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 top end twelve point nine inch iPad Pro, is basically square. Yes, and no matter, I know yeah. it's got you know a gorgeously one hundred twenty hertz refresh rate, you know, beautiful resolution or. I will not watch stuff on it because I hate the massive spaces yeah. above and below mm. on, on videos. And it's just, yeah. So I feel like there is something that I think they, they just need to work out what this device is for. Because I feel like they're like, they, we want it for it. both. I, I <laughs> don't yeah. know who this is for because we had this, we've got this video saying this could be a good laptop replacement and I can see that. Um, but equally, I think, well, if you're not looking at it as a laptop replacement, then yeah, it feels like it's built for entertainment. But it's too expensive to be an entertainment tablet. No one yeah. drops a grand on entertainment tablets. Yeah. It seems to be positioned as an iPad Pro rival for creativity, and it's got the S Pen support and all of that, and you know high end specs and everything. Go up to sixteen gig of RAM and and all of that. Wow. But then you say, well, why has it got a notch and why is it sixteen by ten? Because I can't imagine that's an obvious pitch for creatives. Um, and I I don't know if this is true in other markets, but like they also paired it in the UK with all of the the products they announced, basically with uh, twelve months of Disney Plus yeah. access, no Microsoft Office three six five access yeah. or anything like that, Adobe apps access, mm. entertainment. <laughs> yeah, of course. So mm. it's it's a weird one. I mean, Toddy made the point that you could see the the you know with again without support and everything, you could see the picture of. Um, using creative apps on this where you can actually say pull like swatch tools and stuff to columns yeah, on like, on the side and have a kind of three by two workspace but have yeah. tools yeah. and swatches that's alongside it in a way that maybe is often more cramped mm. on, on other tablets <clears throat> and that yeah that can work and obviously there's multitasking they're big on how good it is for multitasking and you could just carve off one column of your window for slack and the rest of it for whatever you're working on and that kind of thing but um yeah i still feel like I don't know who they think is going to buy the Ultra. But, mm. yeah. Equally, it's lovely. I don't want to downplay it. I want one. I really want one. Yeah, but they're really nice. I, I, mm. I wouldn't spend 1200 on it. But it's lovely. And it's super thin and lightweight for what it is. You know, the build quality is wow. I'd maybe say just to people, like, if they want a nice Samsung tablet, maybe now is the best time to buy an S7, Tab S7. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, I don't think or, or give it a week or two for the prices to yeah, start, yeah, start yeah. their free fall. Yeah. But yeah, mm. I can't think what the Tab S8 range is bringing right now. Obviously, the future proofing of software yeah. and performance. Yes. And tablets last longer than phones usually anyway. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like there's still so much that the Tab S7 range can offer and it's going to get so much cheaper. Like That's a good question. Right now. And Nyren, yeah. do, do you have a good sense setting the ultra side, I guess, because there wasn't one before, but do you have a clear sense of what the jump is from an S7 to an S8? Obviously, you've got the chipset change not... to an 8 Gen 1. Yeah. 
But I mean, the chipset, the chipset chain, because it is like the equivalent of two generations, it'll be a bit more significant. Yeah. Oh, sure. of course, because um, it was an eight, 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 six, five before, I guess. Eight six five, yeah. Right, yeah. So that's that's a bigger jump, and that's really the main one. I was I was kind of comparing them earlier, and there really doesn't, yeah, there isn't a huge amount. Most of the difference is between the two models, because I mean, they've still got 120 hertz on both of them. They're still the same screen sizes. They're, I mean, they did have 4G models of the. Tab 7 and they're also obviously all 5G now. Right. Or, um, or Wi-Fi only, to be clear. There's still Wi-Fi only, Wi-Fi only yeah. Want, but yep. yeah. Yeah, but for the cellular. Um, and then, like, it's still, like, the base Tab S8 is still LCD, and then it's OLED on the the uh, S8 Plus. Um, oh. But, like, but like the, the big differences are between the two models. If you're comparing the equivalent model of the Tab 7 series, there isn't really enough upgrades to kind of justify it, especially if you already own a, an S7 or S7 Plus. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't see the jump. For an existing S7 owner, there's not enough here to move you along, unless the Ultra is what, what's caught your eye. Oh, uh, latency is that only other thing. Like, S Pen latency is better mm. on this generation. Mm. It was 9 on both the Note 20 Ultra and the Tab S7 range. It's 6.2 on the Tab S8 range and 2.8 on the Note uh, S22 Ultra, excuse me. Mm. So it's faster, but it was already like 9 was already really good. I think it was mm. about the same as the Apple Pencil. Impressive. Yeah, yeah, mm. Pencil, right? That's um, crazy, yeah. So I think it now is technically more responsive than an Apple Pencil. The problem is there's no apps. <laughs> So, yeah. cool. what are you going to do with notes. it? It's really good at something notes. <laughs> so, that paper-like yeah. <laughs> response. response yeah, the Huawei MatePad was really good on the notes app as well. Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, one couple quick clarification points, probably worth saying. We did mention chips, but I'm pretty sure all the S8s are Snapdragon 8 Gen 1s worldwide. Certainly yeah, they are for the right. UK, yep. whereas the mm. phones are Exynos in the UK. So, I think it's 8 Gen 1s everywhere. So, there's no Exynos version of the tablets as far as we're aware. Um, and the other thing to clarify again, especially when we were talking about the, the S7s as a comparison point, is the S8s are covered, the Tab S8s are covered by that same up to four years of Android versions and five years of security updates. And while they've backdated that to the S21 phones, they haven't backdated that to the Tab S7s. So mm. actually a Tab S... Even the Plus? As far Even as I'm the, aware. Sorry, the, the FE? I don't know about the S7 was... FE, but no, sorry, yeah. they definitely haven't, that promise is not back to the S7 FE. That four years right. of four years Android versions is all the S21s, all the S22s, Z Fold 3, Z Flip 3, all the Tab S8s. So uh, I don't can't remember what the update promise for the Tab S7 would have been. You'll be able to find that online somewhere, probably either two or three years of version updates. So that if that was two years, the Tab S7 could be about to get its... That would have launched with 10. I would guess it mm -hmm. could have just yeah. gotten 12 and maybe 12 is the last update it gets, or maybe it gets 13. Whereas I think it was 2019. They were like, Samsung was like any devices of 2019 get the three years of OS. Right. So it might go to and 13 next year. It might, it but might do, yeah. the, uh, the S eight is going to get 12, yeah. then 13, 14, 15, 16. So the software update mm -hmm. difference now between an S eight mm -hmm. and an S seven is massive. And I think that mm. matters more here because I think while oh, yeah. a lot of people buy a phone and we all like the idea that people should buy phones and use them for longer, but a lot of people still buy a phone and replace it in two years um, because of yeah. contracts and stuff like that. But for tablets, yeah. I think people want their tablet to last them five years. And you know what? Yeah. You're going to get four or five years of software updates here. The Tab S7 from now on, you're only getting another year or two, which is a big difference, I think. Mm. 
My iPad Air 2 is still going strong. Yeah, right. Yeah. So and tablets just you expect longevity, and to be honest, you can usually get it. So because it's you know it's yeah. normally sitting at home, sometimes in a rucksack. It's not carrying getting carried around all day every day. The usage isn't the same. So um, yeah, for me, I would still I think that and the two generations of chipset difference, I would yeah. still say it's the eight looks worth it rather than necessarily rushing for a cheap seven now that the prices are going down. But you know, depends what you're looking for, I guess. Hmm. That's a... It's worth noting we we will we are expecting at some point later in the year there will be a an S8 FE which will kind of be pitched for that lower level. I mean that's still kind of around the five six hundred pound mark. So yeah. It's not cheap, yeah. but it's an affordable alternative that yeah. hopefully will still have the 8 Gen One and a few other premium features. Exactly. And yeah. to be fair, maybe I mean, the sweet spot now is the S7 FE, which is uh you know yeah. more recent than the S7s. Get the software updates for a little bit longer, not quite as long as this, but. A bit, a bit closer. Yeah, I also need mm -hmm. to look at what the jump is between the A8 that they launched. It was announced in the last year, and I think yeah. it hit the market at least in the West, very start of this year, mm. as their kind of iPad 10.2, like standard iPad rival, I guess is what I would perceive that as. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be just interesting to see like how where they all kind of slot together. Mm. iPad over. It'll probably be tab. an iPad Air rival. Yeah, that feels that right. Yeah, that's, that's around right. the 500 pound mark. Right. Yeah, I've not closely looked tablet right now, at the A8. My feeling is the A8 is probably going to be close enough to the Xiaomi Pad 4, I think it was, 5? I can't remember. The one like, yeah, 5, which um was late last year. And I feel like if they're similar prices, I'll bet you any money the Xiaomi is better specced because the Xiaomi was probably. very solidly specced for its price. And so yeah. I suspect if you were into that cheaper range, actually, I'd, I'd probably point someone towards the Xiaomi unless they really wanted yeah. the stylus support or something like that. I don't know the Tab A8 very well, so I don't want to speak too. Yeah, I mean, Xiaomi does a pen, it just wasn't in the West. Yes, the weird thing is, there is, yeah, you could probably order it online and get it shipped from China because there is a stylus for the Xiaomi pads and it should work. It just, they didn't release it in the West. So, and a keyboard. Yes, and a keyboard. I would quite like the stylus. I was a bit annoyed when the stylus didn't come out of here, but anyway. Right, I think that'll probably do us for today. Um, having only talked about two launches essentially, but six products. Um, big week for Samsung. We're going to be getting all of these in, we hope, sometime soon. So we'll probably be talking about some of these more on the show as we get the chance to actually test them out for a bit longer and, and come back with some review thoughts. But there's obviously a lot coming up over the next few weeks. So I have a feeling <laughs> we're going to be a little bit busy. Uh, as I said, yes. next week, I know for sure we have the Redmi K50 Gaming Edition launch, the Realme 9 Pro and Pro Plus launch, the OnePlus Nord CE2 launch, and the Nubia Red Magic 7 launch. All next Wednesday and Thursday, all, I think, before next Thursday's show. Not even the whole week. It's not even the whole days. week. That's oh. just two days. <laughs> so, you know, next week's show, we'll be able to talking about some combination of those phones. Uh, is NWC going to be the break? Yes, yeah, NWC will be break. like quite yeah, a week off in that's Barcelona. That's holiday. They've run yeah. out of stuff to yeah. announce. <laughs> we'll all get a bit of sun. Be very nice, uh, but yeah, we're going to be back this time next next week to talk about some of those launches. So there should be some exciting stuff uh, to to chat over next week. I'm particularly curious to see what the Nubia Red Magic Seven has to offer because they always go a bit yeah. nuts with those and throw some silly specs out there. So um, if we thought Samsung's like thermals deep dive was impressive, then wait till Nubia spent Get twenty ready. minutes Buckle talking up. about fan blades. 
Uh, yeah, it's almost as bad as Asus. <laughs> they go yeah. really deep in that stuff. Uh, but yes, this has been Fast Charge. We've been the team at TechAdvisor, so do check out. We have some more videos on the TechAdvisor YouTube channel about the Samsung stuff. I've already mentioned that Tab S8 Ultra video. Also, Toddy has done a little hands-on piece with the S22 Ultra talking about how it compares to the rest of the Note line. And I've also taken the base S22 and stacked it up against last month's S21 FE to see exactly how they compare, considering how close they are in price. Um, spoiler alert, the, the S22 does win that. You probably won't no. be too surprised. What? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you to everyone who's been watching and listening. We will be back next week, so we'll see you all soon. And yeah, thanks to everyone who's joined me on the show this week. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.